most respected students of deen mothers and sisters allah taala's grace and mercy is unlimited and allah taala has left the door wide open for every single person to take the benefit of this unlimited grace and mercy what is required is for us to show the initiative for us to make some effort and show that we want this if a person doesn't have any inclination for it and if a person is indifferent to it a person does not want to move forward then allah taala is not going to force somebody in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says anul zimuku moha wa antum laha karihun are, are we going to force this upon you when you don't want it the system of Allah Ta'ala is that the person who shows an inclination towards hidayat the person who shows some desire some talab then Allah Ta'ala starts opening the way forward for that person yahdi ilayhi mayyunib Allah Ta'ala guides to him the one who has the inclination for that guidance. So this is the aspect that we need to ponder over that Allah Ta'ala's mercy is very great but we need to take the steps towards that mercy. And when a person will take those steps towards that mercy Allah Ta'ala will shower down that mercy in torrents. And there are so many incidents that have been mentioned in the hadith that highlight this tremendous and this unlimited mercy of Allah Ta'ala. But what we need to do is take that little step forward. We need to take that step forward and we will see how things shower down upon us. There is a very famous and well-known incident mentioned in the hadith sharif about the person in the Bani Israel who had committed 99 murders can we imagine one murder what a severe thing 2, 3, 5, 50 this person was like a serial killer 99 murders he committed after committing 99 murders some thought came to his mind that he should find out now what's the way forward so he came to some person who was a pious person as a worshipper, good worshipper, but he was somebody without knowledge of deen. He wasn't a person who was knowledgeable. Meaning he didn't have beyond the very basics of knowledge of whatever the day-to-day requirements are, he didn't have any further details. But he was a good person, he was a pious person, 
So this person came to him and asked him that, look, I have committed 99 murders. Is there any door of repentance that I can knock on? Is there some way that I can also gain salvation? Now this person wasn't very learned. He had some little bit of knowledge of his day-to-day things. But deeper than that he had no knowledge. Now this is a very dangerous thing that a person consults somebody who doesn't have proper knowledge. Now this is a clear example that what can become the outcome? What can be the outcome of asking somebody who does not have proper knowledge? He told him that, look, I've committed these 99 murders, so what is the way forward? That person said, 99 murders? 99 murders, what are you going to get any way forward? Where is going to be any redemption for you, any salvation for you? So that person thought to himself that, if there is no salvation for me, and this person too is talking in this negative manner, why don't I finish off a century? 99, so just make it a round figure now. So he killed this person also. But what became the result, or, or why did this become the end result? This person spoke something out of ignorance. That ignorance killed him. His ignorance made this person who was the murderer, it made him despondent of his forgiveness. And he thought, well, if there is no forgiveness for me, so why bother now? If there is another person to be killed, what difference it makes? Ninety-nine, one more, hundred. So now from this person's perspective, who gave the answer, the wrong answer, his ignorance killed him. In a sense, to think about it, his ignorance killed him. Number two, when a person does not know something, the right thing to do is to say that, I don't know. Don't take chances. By taking chances, we might get ourselves into deep trouble, we might put somebody else into trouble as well. Then the other aspect is, that when a person doesn't have thorough knowledge of things, then a person can easily become despondent. Because a person doesn't know that there may be a way out here. The person doesn't know that how to come through the challenges. So as a result of that ignorance, as a result of that lack of knowledge, the person now starts thinking that I'm doomed. There's no way out for me. And this person now starts saying things, doing things. Well, if there's nothing for me left, so why should I bother? I can just do as I want. If I've already done hundred wrongs and now there's no way that there's anything out for me, so now if I make that hundred into two hundred wrongs, what difference it makes? Now this stems from where? It stems from this lack of knowledge and this ignorance is a very dangerous thing. So this is the issue that we need to think about carefully that what killed this person, his ignorance killed him and the chance he took. Then in that ignorance what he was doing, he was making this person despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. And that triggered him off. So in any case, this is what happened, he killed him. From 99 murders now it became 100 murders. After having committed this 100th murder, still something now started again 
troubling him that look I must find out so he went now and he this time found somebody who was a knowledgeable person good person, pious person with knowledge and this is what we need to always bear in mind that we need to inquire something we need to get some guidance on some matter we need a way forward in life we need to come out of our challenges we need to find some kind of solution to our problems then in the Hadith Sharif we have been guided that Shaviru Al-Ulama Al-Abideen a person should take advice and mashwara and guidance from the pious learned people both qualities are essential person who is learned and a person who has taqwa in him now we don't have to go into the nitty gritties of things but on a general note who the pious people in general regard somebody as a pious person we know now who are the pious people, the pious ulama, etc. And they generally regard this person as a person of taqwa. They regard him as a person who has knowledge. That is the basic guideline that we can go by. And if we ask somebody who doesn't have correct knowledge, we can end up somewhere far away from deen. If we ask somebody who might have some knowledge, but the person is not on deen, the person conducts his life in a different way. The person is involved in things which are not in according to Shariat and Deen. Then this is also something with respect we will refrain. With respect, this is a very important part to bear in mind. With respect, we will refrain. If a Quran Sharif, in the previous days, there were no printing presses, so everything was handwritten. The Qur'an Sharif also, they were scribes, they would write it, copy the Qur'an Sharif from a previous copy, they would write the whole Qur'an Sharif out, and people would purchase this cop these copies of the Qur'an Sharif. Now in that copying of the Qur'an Sharif, sometimes the person can would make a mistake to it, can happen in uh, copying something from one place to another, and our whole lot of writing, one is now 2-3 lines but now running into hundreds of pages so some mistakes in the copying down can take place but this is the mojiza of the Quran Sharif that whenever somebody wrote something which was not correct it was immediately discovered because somebody else would now read that and they would pick it up immediately that this is not the right thing and that would then be corrected now supposing somebody wrote one out on Quran Sharif and he made many mistakes in it so now that's not going to be recited it's obvious that the Quran Sharif that is to be recited is the Quran Sharif this is now a mistake a writing mistake so we won't write we won't recite that writing mistake but now at the same time that mistake has come in the midst of all these ayat so we can't disrespect the ayat we can't disrespect the book in entirety that's the Quran Sharif, but now somebody recorded some things wrongly in there. So what we will do now? That this, oh now there was some printing press, they made a mistake, they mixed the pages up, or something by Allah forbid, something happened. So now what we will do? We'll take the Quran Sharif, and with respect we'll keep it aside. 
some high place, respectful place, we'll keep it aside, we will not disrespect it in any way. But we won't recite that Quran Sharif. You'll recite the Quran Sharif that is all in order. So likewise, if somebody has some errors in his life, somebody has some mistakes in his life, but the person has knowledge also, so we will not disrespect him, but we will follow those who have got the taqwa in their lives, Allah knows best what is in each person's heart. We will not judge a person's heart, but we will follow a person who has the actions of deen. Many times people say you shouldn't judge anybody. Sometimes this statement is used incorrectly. For example, somebody is doing something wrong. Is clearly doing something wrong. Somebody is talking in a vulgar manner. Somebody is dressing in a bad way. They are dressing in immoral clothing. Somebody is uh, going to places which are wrong. They are going to places where all mixed gatherings are taking place. All everybody things happen nowadays. One person, he got a, an invite. An invite to some wedding function. And that wedding function, the invite now is now encouraging everybody that, look, we got a space for you. So everybody is being told we got a space for you. How? That uh, there is a separate space for those who are in Parda. There is a separate space for some other whatever it is. And there is a separate space which will be mixed. Now this is being stated in that invitation. So in other words, if you are somebody all mixed up, your mind is all mixed up, then you've got a space for the mixed up people also. That there'll be a mixed gathering in that section. So people whose whole ideas are mixed up, and their uh, priorities are mixed up, and their way of life is all mixed up, so they've got a mixed up space also. Now they're writing it. Don't worry, we've got a space for you too. Now this is an invitation, be inviting you to come to this mixed gathering. Inviting you to come with the space here. If you want to be on the other side, it's fine. But otherwise, we've got place accommodating you too. Now, how far are we going away from Shariat and Sunnat? So now, likewise, if somebody got his priorities mixed up, whatever, so now they're saying they got a place for him. So, we just digressed on this point. The thing is, that what we are talking about, if somebody has got some errors, some mistakes in his life, we will not recite that we will refer to those who, as uh, what we are talking about is, I, I jumped from this point, that we say you mustn't judge somebody. So now what does that mean? If somebody is going to a gathering that is a mixed up gathering, you say, no, mustn't judge the person. We have to judge that that action is wrong. That action is wrong is wrong. That judgment, everybody has to make. Otherwise, what is the purpose of Amar bil Ma'roof and Nahyan al-Munkar? That to enjoin the right and forbid the wrong. So now you mustn't judge anybody, meaning don't say he's doing wrong. So don't say he's doing wrong, then you mustn't forbid the wrong. So then this whole very fundamental and important branch of deen, of Nahyanil Munkar, then that whole thing just gets cancelled off. Mustn't judge anybody. Likewise, the person is dressing in a wrong way. So you're going to have to say that's wrong. Yes, that's a judgment. But in the light of the Qur'an and Sunnah, if something is wrong, the ulama have explained to us that this kind of dressing is against the way that the, what is required in the dictates of the Qur'an and Sunnah in terms of haya, in terms of whatever other guidance there is there, 
this is contradicting all of that so now you're going to make that judgment so you can't say no I mustn't worry about what is the external self worry about the heart the heart is everything there's parada in the heart so if there's parada in the heart then the heart is already in parada the heart is deep down in the chest it's already covered you don't have to put the heart in further parada the parada is of the face the parada is of the external self so that is all just a way of appeasing oneself the point that we were t- talking about is this statement don't judge a person meaning don't make judgments on a person's intention or for example somebody made a statement they said something now we passing judgment on the person's intention no she is saying this just to curry favor with somebody because she got some ulterior motive now what basis you have to make that judgment that somebody has got an ulterior motive in what they said now they said something which is right but you saying now there's a ulterior motive or somebody is now being very friendly with somebody else so now you saying that this person is being friendly because she just wants some kind of favors back she this now she's making a friend of the next person because she wants to now that person to now give her gifts or whatever the case is so now she wants that favors back so that's why she's being friendly now on what basis you making this judgment this is judging somebody's intentions in something that is correct you're making a judgment of a wrong intention in a right action what basis you have for this this is what is called badgumani this is what is called suuzan and this is a very major sin inna ba'da dhanni ithmun the quran sharif says that some thoughts meaning ill thoughts of this nature judging a person's intention regarding some correct action but you making it that the person has a wrong intention in it now this is a sin which one needs to make tawbah from that is what is meant by don't judge anybody mustn't make judgments on anyone don't sit in judgment yes this is what it refers to but something that is clear cut wrong is wrong if somebody watching a movie will say it's haram it cannot be any now don't judge a person or maybe he got a good intention in watching that movie so then the same thing that somebody is stealing maybe he's got a very good intention because he saw somebody starving and then he seeing this person got so much of things here so rather let me steal some from here and go feed that starving person so then you mustn't judge any thief also but see now maybe he got a good intention so it doesn't matter now so if he comes to steal in somebody's house they must just close their eyes and look the other side maybe this person got a good intention so anybody any thinking person does this any intelligent person thinks in this way so this is all the deception of shaitan that don't judge anybody what it means is don't judge a person's intention in the correct things don't make it a negative intention from your side but something that is wrong is wrong so any case coming back to that incident that we were discussing this person who committed the 100 murders it was 99 now it became 100 so he decided to go to some learned person and ask him now that what is the way forward is there any salvation for me so that person said to him that who can become a barrier between you and allah taala nobody you need to turn to allah taala but then he gave him one piece of advice that he said look you must not stay here in this place anymore why because this place the place that he was in was a place where there were a lot of people with evil 
habits, evil qualities, and because of that, this person too was being influenced and affected. So he told him, no, you go to a certain place, that place is Qaryatus Salihin, that is a place of pious people. You go there, and you go and make Tawbah there, and you go and repent there, and you stay there, you will see that this will open the way forward. Now this is another whole discussion, that hundred murders, this is Hukukul Ibad, etc., all that is in its place. There are two separate aspects here. One is to restore the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. The other is to fulfill the rights of the people. Now he committed hundred murders, but if he restored his relationship with Allah Ta'ala, and his life suddenly went away, then Allah Ta'ala will compensate those who were wronged. If he couldn't do it, but though he tried, Allah Ta'ala will compensate those who he wronged from Allah Ta'ala's side. And they will be more than happy that now they got this in return. So their hearts will be cleared and cleaned. They won't have any issue with him. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala, uh, the, the, the alim and the learned person said to him, you go to this place where the pious people are. So in any case, he set out. He started moving in that direction. En route, his life suddenly now started leaving him. He fell to the ground, because now he's getting lame, his body is now, and when the roof starts coming out, the roof starts coming out from the feet. And from the feet it moves up towards the body, and then it finally comes out through the nose. So, perhaps this is what might have happened, that his legs became lame, and he fell to the ground, and he realized that now, he is going to be leaving this world. They say his person's days are numbered, yet he realized his seconds are numbered. But now while he was on the ground, he still dragged himself a little forward in the direction that he was going. Now there is no hope of him reaching there, because that place is still far away. And he can already see death approaching. So he can obviously make it out, that now there is no point in, or rather there is no way that I am going to reach that that's place. But now he was told this is a place of pious people. And you want to get to Allah Ta'ala, you have to go to the place of piety. And this will become the means of you getting closer to Allah Ta'ala because that environment, that company will have a dramatic effect on your heart and you will become conscious of Allah Ta'ala. You will become inclined towards bonding yourself to Allah Ta'ala and that will make you make a sincere tawbah and you'll beg Allah Ta'ala's help and forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala will take you into His mercy. So, this is where he's headed to. But now he can see that his seconds are numbered. He needs maybe days still to get there. Whatever the time required was. But while he's on the ground, he still didn't stop making an effort. He still dragged himself a little bit forward. But that little bit more, it might have been, Allah knows best, maybe few centimeters more but then finally his rule left and he passed away there now when he passed away the angels came to take his ruh and soul so now whichever angel was meant to take his ruh out now the angels came and when they came to take his ruh they were already now he was just dragging himself forward Already they were 
both the angels of Rahmat and the angels of Azab that came down simultaneously. The angels of Rahmat are saying that we are going to take this row up. And the angels of Azab are saying, no, we are going to take it up. The angels of Azab are saying, hundred murders this person committed. The angels of Ruh are say, uh, of, of Rahmat are saying, mercy are saying, but he was on his way to repentance. Allah Ta'ala sent down another angel. Allah Ta'ala sent down the angel and said, you go and mediate. That these angels are now disputing, meaning both want to do their job. So you go and mediate this. Allah Ta'ala sent this another angel to mediate it. That angel said very well that this person was a very evil person, but at the same time he moved towards the direction of piety. So do this, measure the distance from where he left to where he finally fell dead. Measure that distance, that from home to the spot where he is lying, what is the distance? And then measure the distance from where he is lying, where he dropped dead, to the destination. That what is the distance? Then wherever he is closer to, if he is closer to home, where he left from, that was an evil place, that is where he did all his evil, and he is still closer to home, then this will be counted in that direction that he is still in the space of evil. So the angels of Azab must take his soul and rule. But if he had already inched up closer to the place of piety, then he's already closer to the end of piety, then he'll be counted on the pious side of things, and therefore the ra- angels of Rahmat will take his soul. Now in reality what the case was, that he was closer to home, and the distance to the destination was more. The distance from home was shorter, from the spot that he was lying on. So in reality this was what the case was, and it's obvious that on that note, then he would be counted among the people who are still in the place of evil and the angels of Azab are going to take his rule. But before the angels could measure up, Allah Ta'ala's mercy, we started off on this note, Allah Ta'ala's mercy is unlimited. Now a person made a little bit of effort. He started inching closer to the space of piety. He walked, but he couldn't walk anymore and he fell, he dragged himself a little. Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat came rushing towards him. Allah Ta'ala made the earth move for him. Allah Ta'ala commanded the space and the earth between his home and where he was lying. That taba'adi, that you become wider, you become even more distanced, so that the space and the distance between home and his, where he's lying dead becomes further, becomes longer. Allah Ta'ala commanded the earth on the other end from the point he was lying down dead to the destination Taqarabi you get closer you make the distance shorter so he'll now be counted among the people of the place of piety and now when this distance was now measured he was found closer to the place of piety as a result the malaika of Rahmat took his soul Subhanallah can be imagined that the person still did not even get there. But his intention was sincere, number one. He wasn't fooling around. He wasn't just doing something to bluff somebody. Like that one child, the mother brought the child and came to one buzrug and said that this child keeps demanding money from me. And forever, every day is demanding money from me. 
So the Buzurok advised the child and said, Make Toba, you're not going to demand money again from your mother. So the child said, Okay, I'm making Toba, I'm not going to demand any money. So the Buzurok said to the mother, Well, okay, fine, now he made Toba. So the child also turned to the mother. And the child said to the mother, Now I made Toba, now that I'm not going to demand, now give me the money. So now he thought, Now he made Toba. So he said, Now I finished with Toba, I'm not going to demand, so now give it to me now. So that now give it to me was still the demand. So that's the kind of Toba, unfortunately, we sometimes make, just to appease somebody. That Toba mustn't be to appease anybody else. That Toba must be sincerely to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And to sincerely turn to Him alone. So, this person was sincere. He was 100% in his Toba. He wasn't playing some game. And the second thing is, he didn't do anything lesser than what he was capable of. When he could walk, he walked. And when he could slightly crawl, he didn't leave that out also. He crawled. And then he didn't look at what the end result is going to be. He focused on what is his effort, what he can do. Many a times we are already looking at the end result. I can't do this. This is, not, this is beyond me. I can't manage it. But the effort that we could make to get there, we are not even trying. We are discarding that effort completely because of the destination. Because of the deception that shaitan is putting in our hearts and minds, that you cannot get there. That's shaitan's deception. This is beyond you. You can't manage it. So many, many things shaitan whispers in our hearts and minds to make us despondent. See, this is beyond you. You're not going to make it. Don't try. So we listen to shaitan. And we ignore the unlimited Rahmat of Rahman and we are now following in the footsteps of Shaitan we have to make our effort and the very key effort in this particular incident is the key effort to be in righteous company to be in company that invites us towards goodness invites us towards piety inspires us towards good akhlaq inspires us towards other aspects of this nature and to refrain from all such company that takes us in the opposite direction now can we see in this particular incident this person still didn't even reach that place of piety but he was closer to them being closer to them opened the door of mercy for him he inched forward when he could inch forward he didn't bother that can I make it or not what difference it will make now if I lie here or go one, one centimeter further what difference it will make he didn't stop at that point. In Urdu they say, Karte karte marna hai, or marte marte karna hai. In other words, the right work, the good things, Karte karte marna hai. That we have to carry on doing this till death. And marte marte karna hai. And even while dying, we have to still carry on trying to do what we can. Whatever good we can. Till that last breath. When the last breath is gone, now is gone. So now till that last breath the person can say one more Allah, he'll say one more Allah. He can make one dua, he'll make the one dua. So this is the way that a person then moves forward and progresses. This is what we need to do, to do our utmost. And if we do what we are required to do, Allah Ta'ala will open the door for us. Allah Ta'ala's mercy is unlimited. Allah Ta'ala got no grudge against any human or any individual. There's no grudges Allah Ta'ala has with anybody. Allah Ta'ala's doors are open for everyone. But if somebody wants to 
refrain from going towards that door, somebody wants to still run in the direction of shaitan, then now that's the person who is doing his own harm. But if he decides to walk towards Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala's mercy is there to envelop him. So this is what we need to do, this is what we need to work towards, that we always adopt the positive company, always adopt the righteous company, and move towards the direction of the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Inshallah, in this way, we will see doors opening out for us, those things that seemed impossible to give up. That will become not just impossible, very easy to give up. Those things seemed very difficult, almost impossible for us to gain in our lives, to bring into ourselves. Let alone becoming possible, it will become even very enjoyable. This is the barakat of taqwa, this is the barakat of moving towards, in the direction closer to Allah Ta'ala. In this way we will get the best of dunya and akhirat. So, this is the way that we need to focus ourselves. But the key lesson in this whole incident again, was the company. The key lesson, write it down, write it down again, write it down a hundred times. Every day remind yourself, company. And your friends, your real friends, are those who take you towards righteousness. Your real friends are those who encourage you towards goodness. Your real friends are those when you see them, you see some good in them. You see them taking you towards righteousness. Otherwise, this is going to become a problem for you in dunya. And akhirat, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Then that person in akhirat, that person will be cursing us. And saying, Ya Allah, you give this person double azab. And we'll be cursing that person, Allah Ta'ala forbid. Allah Ta'ala save us from this situation. Allah Ta'ala take us in Jannah together with all the good friends of ours. Allah Ta'ala take us into the, in the highest levels of Jannah, in Jannah for those. We keep with the good friends here, and inshallah we'll go with them in Jannah as well. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين